0: What I can say about Miss Leah Ross, um, we first met um, like almost 10 years ago uh, back in St. Louis and we both worked at the same school. It was a small private Charlotte Mason school in the city, for the city. And um, I think one of the things that struck me even then about Leah is her love for the word and that is still very much evident um, as you guys will learn in just a second. But... Um, Leah loves the word of God and um, that's one thing that kind of radiates from her if you get into conversation you will soon learn uh, she's going to bring something from the word of God and and it's it's evident that that's what she stands on and I love that Um, she also is uh, the co-host of a podcast the urban Christian woman Say that five times fast, Um, so y'all can check out her podcast. Um, It's all about diving into the word as an urban woman and living out the word of God um, in your community as an urban woman. Um, And so, also, we shared an office in the small school. (laughs) I don't know if you remember. We shared. um, We were both part time. Leah was the uh, French teacher, so Gio had her for French in Pre K three. French teacher. Um, I don't know that he remembers anything but it's, it's in him. Um, um, but we shared an office, and so it was like there was grace in our sisterhood. Like, I would leave the desk, maybe a little my stuff kind of everywhere. I come back, and it's neat, nice and neat. And we were just, it was never a problem um, sharing that space together. Um, and I feel like we've continued to share a space of um, being women, brown skin women, um, in this, this, um, kind of in this PCA world has been a challenge. Um, and we will send each other texts here and there. Um, one, we have another friend, Joy, who was also a teacher at the school and we all kind of if we find a good book for our kids, or um, any any kind of education thing, or anything really, we'll we'll text it to the group and be like, "Here, check this out." Um, and so it's it's good to still be connected in that way. Um, I feel like though though miles separate us, we're still connected as sisters in Christ and will for always and ever be um, because of Christ. Amen. Amen. Um, so. Um, Without further ado, let us welcome our retreat speaker for the weekend. If y'all can get a few minutes with her throughout the weekend, I'd say do it. You would be glad you did. Um, so, welcome, Leah. We're so glad you <laughs> um, So, I am coming to you guys from Cleveland, <laughs> Believe
1: Land. Forest City, mistake on the lake. It has a lot of. <laughs> it has a lot of uh, nicknames. Okay, that's cool. Uh, some are more flattering than others. So I'm a sister in the Lord to you all. I am a city dweller like you all. I'm a wife, mama, a four. Hey. You want to show my picture, my people? Aww. Aww. So my husband Justin. He and I met at a train station in France. Um, You can ask me that story later. That's your excuse to come talk to me. It's not as romantic as it sounds, I promise. My oldest is Brielle. She's nine. Clark is eight in the vest. James is five. And Isaac is three. That's my crew. Um, Super proud of them. Uh, Our marriage, our family is like the longest accomplishment I've ever had. (laughs) So I'm really proud of that. Okay. Uh, As Crystal said, I'm a podcaster, ministry leader. I'm also a doula. MK and I talked birthy things last night. Um, And the Urban Christian Podcast is how, you know, a lot of you guys got introduced to me um, through the ANSI's. My co-host Toshiba sends her love to you all. Uh, My church, also PCA Heights Pres in Cleveland, Ohio, sends their love to you all. Um, Our shoutouts, right? So Thank you, Crystal, for being just a good sister through all the years. I can't talk about it because I'd be start crying and stuff. And a great friend. Um, thank you to the retreat organizers. You guys did amazing, y'all. Like, this is amazing. Thank you for all your hard work, and thank you guys for showing up. Okay. And so, um, I'm I'm actually a Midwesterner, so I have a little thank you gift. Um, but I only have a couple of them, so I'm gonna give them away, okay? So, you guys talked about birthdays, who, uh, has a birthday closest to October 20th, which is my birthday? I do! Yours is one. October 26th, Uh, October 24th! Oh Okay, Okay. so, uh, yay, um, congratulations! (laughs) <laughs> it's just like that lady at the wedding was like, "I'm gonna snatch the bouquet." I'm sorry, I'm not. I'm sorry, not sorry. Um, so I have a little. So I have a little giveaway. Uh, this weekend we're gonna be looking um, at Colossians, and one of my favorite uh, new Bible study resources is Literarily. and this is a book by a dear sister and now friend of mine, Christy Anyabule how understanding the Bible genres transforms Bible study. And so it's ideal for anyone who is a Bible student, wants to dig deeper in learning how to um, really glean from God's word and study it in a way that is rich and uh, gives wisdom. So this is a great resource as well. And she also edited his testimonies, My Heritage. And so that's that's a great one. It's encouragements from Psalm 119 from uh, women of color. So these are yours. spiritual? Um, I was gonna say who made their bed this morning and that was gonna be the giveaway but I was like I don't know do you see y'all are so like achievers there'd probably be like 10 people. Apparently it was only two so I don't know. Anyway um, I'm gonna pray for us and then we're gonna dig into God's word together. Father thank you so much for uh, the grace That you have given us this morning thank you for your presence with us thank you for your word to us thank you that you are with us um you are here i thank you for the sisterhood that is shared in this room god we ask uh now as we gather that you uh would just illuminate your word for us it's, it's not me, it's your spirit, it's your word, which is living. And so we ask that it would come forth. We ask, I ask for myself that she would give me clarity. I ask for these sisters that, that, they, that their hearts would be open to receive both encouragement, correction, and direction from your word. Lord, we trust you. We entrust this time to you. We thank you already for what you're doing to grow us and to root us in you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. amen. Okay, so a few weeks ago, my family and I traveled to Los Angeles, all six of us. Yeah, turn that off. Y'all know who they are now. Um, All of us traveled uh, cross-country for my brother's wedding. Um, He lives in North Hollywood. And so we left Cleveland in March, right? We left Cleveland in March (laughs) and spent six days in sunny L.A., So in both places, it was March, right? But let me tell you about March in Cleveland. And we were talking about this a little bit on the drive. It makes me so sad. March in Cleveland is sometimes still snowy. March in Cleveland is cold. March in Cleveland is gray. Uh, March in Cleveland, it might snow. March in Cleveland, honestly, is kind of depressing. (laughs) It's like this disrespectful tail end to winter that just won't go away. And, um, so in Cleveland, I'm wearing my boot socks, right? I'm wearing my, I got this Columbia jacket this year that like goes all the way down to my knees and it's quilted and has like the golden stuff on the inside that like reflects the heat from your body back to you. Like it's what's up. It's the real deal. Um, and, uh, that, that is appropriate weather, winter wear for March in Cleveland. But let me talk about March in LA. Okay. March in LA is sunny and 75. March in L.A. is like I'm going to have coffee and breakfast and lunch and dinner outside. March in L.A., the kids are running around, uh, you know, shoeless all the time, blowing bubbles and throwing footballs literally every day. March in L.A. is uh, sundresses and shades weather, right? So it's March in both places. But how I experience it is completely different based on the location. And so my point is is that everything changes about how we experience uh, where I am and what I wear even based on my location. In Christ, which is more, even more than like, I like to think of it even more than like a spiritual location, even more so like a geographic location, it is a location of protection. In Christ, it's a whole different experience, like March in LA versus March in Cleveland, Ohio a whole different experience based on the location that I'm in. And so we're going to look this morning at a part of Colossians 1 where we see that everything changes in relation to where we are in Christ. So we have to understand, first of all, all of who Christ is and where we are in him in order to get any of this other stuff later on in Colossians to make any sense, So, you know, we can't really get to Colossians 3 when we're talking about the putting off and the putting on until we really grasp our location in Christ. Because Christ is central to all creation and all redemption. Our position in him, being rooted in him, reframes everything. So I'm going to read Colossians 1, um, starting in 9, and go through... Where am I going to go, y'all? I'm going to go all the way to um, 23. So follow along. I'm reading in the CSB, so I hope that doesn't disrupt Mm y'all. For this reason also, since the day we heard this, he's talking about their faith, we haven't stopped praying for you. We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that, you may have a great, so that you may have great endurance and patience joyfully, giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. In him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and by him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything." For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated and hostile in your minds as expressed in your evil actions, but now he has reconciled you by his physical body through his death to present you holy, faultless and blameless before him. If indeed you remain grounded and steadfast in the faith, and are not shifted away from the hope of the gospel that you heard. This gospel has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and I, Paul, have become a servant of it. So we're digging in this morning in Colossians 1, and um, really like that, you know, 9 through 20 is uh, first a prayer and then a poem. And the prayer is like a preamble to the poem, so we're gonna first look at 9 through 14. And um, y'all know Paul is like super logical, right? There's like all these run-on sentences and stuff like that, but I, I appreciate following his logic. Um, and so there's a logic to what he prays. He prays uh, that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And so it's not just like knowing, right? For the sake of knowing, it's not head knowledge, um, but, it's, but it's wisdom and understanding because knowing is never just enough, Right? This, this gospel requires us to be rightly, uh, rightly oriented and rightly understanding it, interpreting it, and applying it to our souls. So um, I, I thought of how um, my husband, Justin, we, you know, he's super romantic, y'all. He was before.
0: <laughs>
1: he used to write me these, like, flourishy love letters when we were dating. And um, he would, I have a bunch of them, he would write me these letters, like, I love you, I can't wait to spend my whole life with you, I wanna serve you in all these ways and you know, imagine our future together, right? And I keep these letters, I appreciate these letters. Now, they mean something to me, uh, but if my mom picked up that letter and read it and was like, oh, he wants to serve me, he loves me, he, he wants to, you know be, be with me all my days and follow all my dreams. Like that would be, she would, she would totally misinterpret that and misapply, like, because it wasn't meant for her. It was a letter meant for me. And so understanding and knowing what even God's word says is not just enough, but understanding the context, being able to rightly apply it is where true wisdom and understanding comes from. And it comes from the spirit of wisdom, which is the Holy Spirit. So, um, you know you so we, we need to know and understand this in order to really rightly apply it and then being filled in that way being filled with this wisdom of understanding is what allows us to walk right is what us, it was allows us to walk in it worthy of the lord fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work. Just like our bodies, right, before we were even born, were building DNA to build our legs, right? The DNA that was forming had to form in a correct order in, us to, in order to give us legs in order to walk. So there's an ordering and an understanding that happens being filled with that DNA before we can ever walk. And so we're walking then worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might so that we can have endurance. Right. And I I, so I was uh, on my way here in the airport. I was walking past like all the little like shops and stuff like that. And I saw this little trinket that um, distracted me. Um, But it was one of those like ball like goes through like the ramps and stuff like that. So it hits one thing. And then it like drops down, then it hits another thing and it goes down and then it like rolls through this other thing and it goes all the way down to the bottom. And then there's like this little lever that pulls it back up to the top and it goes all the way down again. And so it, all of those things, right, in that process had to be rightly ordered, uh, rightly ordered in order for that chain reaction to happen, right, the, the last thing was caused by the first thing. The next thing is determined by what happened before that. Um, yeah, so all those things had to be ordered Right In order to, to get the reaction that we get, right? And then the lever pulls it back up to the top, and it starts all over again. So it's connected to it connects back to what happens first, which, if we look back at our text, is that the father has enabled us to share with the saints' inheritance. The father has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints, where in the light. So that's that location language again. He has, he has shared, he has enabled us to share in the light. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the son that he loves. And uh, I love that, that rescue language, right? It gives us this idea of a true transfer from one geographic location to the other. And um, my pastor a couple of weeks ago was talking about how this rescue language is not exactly what we get in the nativity story right like we get like sweet baby jesus like on mary's lap is sleeping you know and uh silent night and all that stuff and um what child is this which is what i say to my kids when i can't think of their names Uh (laughs) there's four of them Uh, Right. But that's that's not exactly like rescue language. Right. How many of us use rescue language in relationship with the nativity story? Right. This this whole uh, this what child is this? Right. Like this is what child this is. This is a like homeland esque hostage rescue situation going down, right? Mm. This is a rescue mission, Mm. floodlights breaking, SWAT Mm. team storming in Mm. the grounds where you're imprisoned in this dark prison cell of shame, chained to a time bomb of death. Mm. We're pulled out of there, Mm. chains broken, doors opened. Every enemy prison guard is cut down along the way so that we can be safely air flighted back Mm. home Mm to our home, to a safe location. Mm -hmm. But not only that, but this is the rescue mission where the SWAT team member who rescues you stays behind, straps himself to the bomb, Mm -hmm. and is detonated, Mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. But instead of him dying, what happens? Every enemy fighter, their whole power structure, the prison itself is blown up Mm -hmm. so that all that is left is rubble and smoke. That's our nativity story, y'all. Amen. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the son that he loves in him, in this rescue mission, in this person, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And so this is the preamble that leads to the poem, the poem where Paul says, now let me tell you about the one who defines your new location. So let's look at this poem which I like to think of. Y'all have Nazare here in D.C., right? Yeah, She's what's up. Yeah, so I like to think of this as like a spoken word uh, poem that Paul just plops in the middle of this letter, and he says he is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn over all creation. He is the one, he is one with the creator. Everything was created by him. All things have been created through him and for him. He is over all creation, okay? He is before all things, so he's eternal. And by him, all things hold together. So he is central in all of creation. And I love that these first, uh, what is it, like 15 through 17 is all central around creation. If you notice that, he's talking about Christ's relationship to creation. He is talking about this, uh, this relationship of the of Christ being supreme in the created order he is the means and the end of creation and there's no connecting preposition left in our dictionary that hasn't been used right here to describe christ's relationship with creation and him being supreme over all of it Mm. and so as if that is not enough paul goes on and he's like now let me tell you about something very specific he is also the head of the body which is the church he's the beginning of the church Mm. He's the firstborn in the resurrection. He's your big brother. He's first place in everything. He's fully approved of by God. He's fully full of God and he's central to redemption. And so he makes it very specific, right? In 18 through 20, he relates it to us, the church. He says, no, you are God's people for himself, ransomed through the cross and resurrection. And so this is like Mind-blowing to me, I'm always like, yeah, this is amazing. (laughs) Um, Because he not only relates Christ to all of God's creatures on a cosmic level, but he gets really specific about us. He gets really specific about a very specific group of people, his church. So we see that here Jesus is first in all things, both in creation and in his recreation through the bride of Christ. So he's our older brother. He's going before us. And and instead of, uh, I don't know how many of you guys have older siblings, I have an older brother, uh, but instead of going before us and casting a shadow of perfection that condemns us because we can never live up, he goes before us. Jesus is the older brother that casts a shadow of protection that fully covers us. I don't know if y'all got that. I'm going to say it again. Instead of casting a shadow of perfection that condemns us, Jesus is the older brother that casts a shadow of perfection that fully covers us, Mm -hmm. that fully protects us. Mm -hmm. He's first in all things. He has first place in everything. He's undefeated. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, like I said, I have an older brother. So sports was like always a thing in my house. And, um, you know, we grew up, we like spent most of our early childhood in Chicago, which was like during the 90s. So we're talking like Michael Jordan's like reign. So I think about like in 1993, where Michael Jordan uh, scored 41 points, six games in a row during the NBA finals. Or um, when I was like, okay, who is undefeated? Muhammad Ali, right? Like he went like 56 and 0 until like the last two years of his career. Undefeated. Uh, I also found out if anybody from Iowa... This dude, Kale Sanderson, uh, won 159 wrestling matches in a row, undefeated. And even in the scope of that, that ain't nothing compared to Jesus, who is preeminent, eternal, undefeated, fully righteous creator, the undefeated king in all of creation. So it's super important for us to think about, okay, where are we in relation to him? Where are we in relation to him? Are we rooted in him? Are we rooted in him? Let's look at uh, verse 21. Paul says, um, once you were alienated and hostile in your minds as expressed in your evil actions. Once you were, but now he has reconciled you by his physical body through his death to present you wholly faultless and blameless before him. So once you were, this is your positioning, alienated, hostile. How do we know? Expressed in our evil actions. But now you are, right, reconciled to him by his body. Where you were before was fully based on your nature and your actions, proven by your actions. But what you are now is fully based on someone else's work for you. It's, it's a inequity, right? In a non sequitur. Is that the word? Um, it's, it's paradigm blowing. It's not like once you were and now you were, once you mm-hmm. were, but now you are reconciled, rescued. And that's because of Christ. So we root ourselves in this new location in Christ. And if we see in verse um, 23, I'm looking at 23, He says, if indeed you remain grounded and steadfast in the faith, not shifted away from the hope of the gospel. So we're grounded and rooted in in what? In like our really good ability to be Christians? (laughs) Our like excellent track record of righteousness? No, our faith, right? And our hope is not shifted away from the hope of the gospel, which is Christ's rescue on our behalf. Christ's relocation of us. So, has your hope been rooted and does it remain rooted? Has your hope shifted? Has your hope shifted to like your own good Christian trajectory? Has your hope shifted to your theological smarts? Has your hope shifted to maybe having that front page write up about you and your career achievements? Has your hope shifted to having the right mentor who will help you grow or maybe the right like devotional book with the flowery cover that's going to guide you through 52 prayers and promises? <laughs> Has your hope shifted maybe to raising great Christian children? So I have no doubt because I've spent a little bit of time with y'all that you heard and know the hope of the gospel and that it's been proclaimed to you. I mean, yes, amen, um, So my question is, will you entrust yourselves to remain rooted and grounded and growing right where you already are, in Christ, fully by faith, fully complete, and perfect in his grace? So I'm not a plant mama. I don't know if any of you guys are. I can't really keep plants alive. I try. (laughs) Somebody can come and coach me up through the fiddle leaf fig flourishing because I killed mine. And apparently I found out later that you're not supposed to move them like once they get like acclimated to the light and the spot and positioning in their in their in your home. So I had this fiddly fig and I'm like, oh, let's get here. Now let's get in the bathroom. So I killed it (laughs) because I moved it and it withered. Right. And so our location, when we're rooted and grounded in Christ, if we remain there, we have the opportunity to flourish. But if our hope shifts, guess what? We're going to wither, y'all. We're going to wither. because we, we are not really trusting in the full hope and completed work of Christ on the cross for us and his rescue for us. I'm not saying you're going to be lost, right? Like nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. I'm saying that God desires that you would be presented fully mature before him. Uh, Colossians 2, 1 through 3 talks about that. Paul says that we want to warn and teach everyone with all wisdom so that what? We may present everyone mature in Christ. That's the goal. This little girl kept falling out of bed. That's not me. I didn't fall out of bed when I was a kid. Um, But she would keep falling out of bed. And her mom was like, why do you fall out of bed every night? She said, I think I stay too close to where I got in. Mm -hmm. So we get into Christ, right? But our goal is to be presented fully mature in him before the Lord. And we do that by remaining rooted in the hope of the gospel. Mm -hmm. Do you guys watch Kimmy Schmidt? Mm -hmm. Unbreakable. (laughs) So Kimmy Schmidt, if you haven't seen the show, I I loved that show. She uh, comes out of the bunker when she's a teenager. Um, But what happened was she was actually like, you know, uh, kidnapped and like taken in this bunker by this weird like creepo reverend. Uh, And she gets taken into this bunker and held hostage during her adolescence. Uh, So when they come and they find her and they rescue her and they take her out and she starts to live in New York City... She still has the mind of, like, this little teenager, right, this, like, teeny bopper. But as, she expo- as she's exposed to sort of the new things in life in New York now, she's figuring out how to stay innocent um, while, be- while becoming more savvy, right? So she has to grow up in this maturity. She's not, like, growing so she doesn't, like, get tricked back into the bunker, right? The bunker's gone. The reverend's in jail. Like, none of that's a threat to her anymore, But she's growing up so that she fits into the life that she's been rescued to. She's free now. And she's growing into that life as a free woman. And so I want to encourage you ladies today, like you are free in Christ. You are united to Christ. Okay. You were rescued from the domain of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of the son that God loves, who is Jesus. And we are then in Jesus and Jesus is in us. What's true of Jesus is true of us. The things that belong to Jesus belong to us. We are one with Jesus fully and completely in him through faith. And maybe even now you're thinking about the loophole where you're like, okay, that's mostly true, but not true in this area. What about? Nope. Nope. You are fully in Christ by faith in God who rescued you and brought you home to him when you're in Christ there is the shelter from the chilling cold of insecurity judgment condemnation right when i think about those two locations cleveland and los angeles i don't have to i don't have to pack heavy layers of self-righteous anger or self-improvement, or I don't have to pack on the layers of perfectionism, or maybe it's shame, maybe it's lying, hiding because of your location. You don't need those layers of striving in your Christian life because you are in a location in Christ that is secure and free. Christ is your life. Your life is in Christ. So we get to live as free women By faith in the only one who reigns over all creation, who has rescued us, who rules over death, and chose to bring us into eternal life. Is that good news? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your truth over us. Thank you that because of Christ, we have been set free. Father, thank you that we can live as free women, that anything we do as we step into life in Christ is done out of our rootedness in the hope that you have already accomplished everything for us on our behalf. Thank you, Jesus, that we have righteousness because of you. Thank you, Jesus, that we have life because of you. Thank you, Jesus, that we are new because of you. Thank you, Jesus, that we are set free because of you. Thank you, Jesus, that there is no shame because of you. There is no condemnation because of you. There is no hiding because of you. There is no striving because of you. Thank you, because you are all in all. We praise you for the work that you're doing. May this word root in us deeply. May we find a joy for endurance through this word. God, we know life is hard. We know we've been struggling. We know we've been tired in this pandemic and in the striving of our careers or our families, the burdens that we carry. Mm -hmm. We thank you that you have come to set us free, Mm -hmm. to pursue you joyfully with endurance because of the cross and because of the resurrection. We pray this in Jesus' name, Amen. amen. Thank you. Thank you, Mayor.